know what time it is, buddy. Adventure time! Yeah, man! Hey, everybody, welcome back to another, another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Hey! hey. <laughs> We're three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Adam. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. This week, we're continuing Adventure August with a special guest. Yay! Woo! It's Robin's sister, Becky. Becky. Hey, Becky! Hi. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, there you go. You're, You're free right. to go. Cool. Bye. <laughs> this week, we're covering a show that is near and dear to Becky's heart. Mm-hmm. And we thought she might enjoy geeking out with us. The late 2000s was not the brightest spot in Cartoon Network's history. The channel had begun to branch out, incorporating live-action shows into its programming in an attempt to compete with other kids' networks. Yeah, do you guys remember this? It was called CN. By July of 2009, this endeavor appeared fruitless, as almost none of the live-action shows proved to have any staying power. They canceled all of them, I think. All of them. Almost none of them lasted more than a season. Yeah, I don't think any of them finished their, like, story arcs. Oof. The network scrapped their block of live action and started looking for new ideas. In April of 2010, Cartoon Network premiered a new animated series that would quickly become one of their most prominent properties. It followed the adventures of two best friends slash brothers, a human named Finn and a dog named Jake. Together, they explored the magical land of Ooh, rescuing princesses, making friends, and going on various adventures. Yay! Woo. I wonder what show that is. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of those there words sound familiar. The it de- barely narrows it down. Yeah, <laughs> we have no idea. It could be anything. Adventure Time was strange and refreshing. Its themes were complex and sometimes dark, with a brightly colored coat of paint and enough humor to appeal to all audiences. It was a show that took the world by storm, knocking down barriers and opening doors for other offbeat animation for years to come. So this week, we're meeting up with Finn and Jake in the land of Ooh. Come on, grab your friends, because we all know what time it is. It's Adventure Time! Adventure Time! Adventure Time! Marcy was, never really watched this show before. I think, no. Had you ever seen any episodes before we did this? I don't think I had, really? actually. I don't yeah. believe. I mean, I think I might have seen the clip of the first episode when they do the two plus two, the- Oh yeah, the, solve it or die. The, yes, <laughs> solve it or die. I think that's the only little part I'd seen. I don't mm. think I saw anything else wow. until, yeah. until this. Fresh. So I, the first time I saw this show, I actually was on vacation. Mm-hmm. I was in, me and Becky were sharing a bed on vacation because you know, that's how siblings do. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was one of those things where you're in the hotel and you're just flipping through the channels and this was on the TV and we didn't watch this show yet. You weren't really in, interested no. in it yet. And it came up and I said, hey, Becky, this show's not bad. <laughs> Everything that had come out <laughs> at the time yeah. wasn't. Sucked wasn't great yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i'm not grossed out by it mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. cartoons were kind of in a phase mm-hmm. at the time where yeah. they were just really 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 gross, yeah. gross guys humor remember. spongebob yep. even went through that phase oh my oh, goodness yeah. gracious so and when I, I was in college this is when mm-hmm. this really took off is when mm-hmm. we were in college and 
I didn't watch it regularly, but yeah. my roommates I was did. Say, yeah. And I remember you guys watching it and, you know, always showing me episodes and, oh, this one's okay. Well, you should watch this one. Like, I would. This one's okay for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you are like Marcy and haven't seen hardly any of it, here's a quick summary. <laughs> Adventure Time centers around Jake the Dog and Finn the Human, who, as the title suggests, go on adventures together. In these post-apocalyptic adventures, they fight evil, protect their friends, make new friends, and learn lessons. I mean, it's about as classic as cartoons come. Mm -hmm. It's just the way they do those things is what makes this one unique. Yes. Yeah. So... It's time to do some history, right? History time. Yeah, I'm telling history. you, we need, a, we need a stinger. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about the person who made Adventure Time. Talk about the creator, Pendleton Ward is wow. his name. what a name. Mm-hmm. That's yes. a cool name. Yeah, I do like the name. Pendleton Ward has always been an introvert. In a 2014 Rolling Stone article, he detailed his experiences as an awkward, overweight child with a bowl cut. <laughs> he never knew his dad, but was raised by his mother an artist that nurtured Ward's creativity. Because he had difficulty understanding people, young Ward would take notes on the people he knew, trying to make sense of the characters around him. He loved Dungeons and Dragons and would roller skate down to the comic shop. He felt like an outcast among outcasts. Wow, Mm. that's pretty pretty crazy. Outcasts among outcasts kind of thing. I really understand that. (laughs) (laughs) When Ward attended Cal Arts, one of the top animation schools in the country, he found a group of peers that would become friends and collaborators. One of these friends was Adam Muto, a classmate and fellow artist who would join Ward on the biggest project of his lifetime. He's still alive, but yeah, this was still probably the biggest thing. As far, mm-hmm. so far, yeah. He, yeah. He has another show out on Netflix that is super, super weird Ooh. because he wasn't, he didn't have to stick to a, yeah. a kid's network, <laughs> but um <laughs> I haven't watched any of it, but I hear it's off the wall. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. In the mid-2000s, Cal Arts accepted one of Ward's animated shorts into an end-of-the-year show called The Producer's Show. I'm not sure if it's actually technically called that, but that's what everybody calls it. All right. Gotcha. Frederator, an independent animation studio that created TV shows like The Fairly Odd Parents and My Life as a Teenage Robot, <laughs> two big favorites of Becky's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. Those. yeah. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> they were impressed by Ward's work. At the time, the studio was accepting pitches for short films. They needed ideas to fill a Nickelodeon block of animated shorts, and they were taking pitches from anyone, even animators without experience or representation. That is I, an awesome setup. <laughs> I wish I could have been there for that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to throw one in there. Like, yeah. yeah. I come up with something. Mm-hmm. Ward threw together a storyboard for a seven-minute short called Adventure Time, which followed the characters of Penn and Jake, a human and dog that were best friends. The short made its way to Nickelodeon in 2007, which later broadcasted it in 2008 on the anthology show Random Cartoons. And we're going to link to part of it in the blog yeah. because we haven't found the whole thing. Yeah. No. But we'll, we'll link to what we found. Yeah, yeah. It's harder to find than you would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you would think it would be that, easy to find. Yeah. Being that they released it on yeah. YouTube. I, I imagine that. I, I bet there's a whole licensing debacle. Yeah. Nickelodeon yeah. is probably like, hey, cut that out. Yeah. Also, that's super cute. He he did it as Penn. Penn. And Jake. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's him and Jake. It was a little more like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was directed by Larry Likelighter, Hugo Morales, and Pendleton Ward. Adventure Time in 2008 starred a group of actors that would eventually be replaced, except for John DiMaggio as Jake the Dog. John Kassir played the Ice King. We might remember him as the voice of the Crypt Keeper. You know, it's funny because I think, as much as I love, love Tom Kenny, Mm -hmm. I think that still would have been a pretty great voice for the Ice King. It was pretty damn close Mm -hmm. to what Tom Kenny did, I thought. Mm Mm-hmm. Initially, the short didn't make a considerable impact commercially, but it earned a nomination for Best Animated Short Subject at the Annie Awards, which is a big deal. Yeah. Because of this, the short had to be available to watch online and was published on YouTube. Although the animated short didn't win the Annie, something else incredible happened. It went viral. Whoa. The best thing that can happen. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. As the video racked up over 3 million views online, it became clear that it had a far-reaching appeal. Frederator Studios decided to start pitching the show. Pendleton Ward found all of this exciting, but as he told Rolling Stone, if the show hadn't been picked up, I would have moved to the Midwest and gotten a cheap apartment. I would have been that guy with a telescope watching my neighbors, getting pizza, and putting a sign on the door that says, leave the pizza outside. Oh, man. Wow. So like me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> I love I, mean, I love how openly introverted he yeah. is. That yeah. doesn't sound like a bad time. No, no, no. no. And, I mean, and, except for the spying on the neighbors And it's funny. Thing. It's yeah. like, that's from 2014 that he said that. Yeah. But now that contactless yeah. delivery is a thing. Yeah. We all want it's that. It's not weird. Oh, yeah. yeah, we all want that. We're not going back. <laughs> yeah, d- don't knock on my door. Just just t- text just me. Just leave it. Let yeah. me know that you dropped it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because if you miss something, it's not like you being there is going to make yeah. it better. I, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 yeah. seconds Trust of me. contact. Yeah, I definitely like my pizza. Like, hold the content. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that he is this super duper introverted person. Yeah. That kind of accidentally created a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. You know, it's it really wasn't like he was trying to. Who's just trying to make a living, just trying to make, have a job. Yep. And you know, I love it when people like that are successful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they make the best things. Yeah. Yeah. He they just really made something do. so pure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, getting to where we are now was not easy. They had a little bit of troubles on the way. After creating the original Adventure Time short, Pendleton Ward spent a year writing and creating storyboards for a Cartoon Network show called The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack. Years later, he would credit this experience with teaching him how to run an animated series. He said that very loosely. (laughs) He was like, I... I mean, I learned what I could. <laughs> this is another very strange Cartoon Network <laughs> show if you've ever seen Flapjack. I, it's weird. <laughs> I feel like him getting this job is part of the reason that Cartoon Network eventually picked up Adventure Time. Yeah. I yeah. think it was like they knew him, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. they actually were okay. Had an idea of what his brain was going to do. Yeah, I think that's vaguely. pretty cool. Yeah. Ward and Frederator pitched a full Adventure Time series to Nicktoons and were reportedly rejected five times. Wow. Five times. Mm. Like, talk about kicking yourself (laughs) after the fact. Once Nickelodeon no longer had the rights to produce the series, Frederator producer Frank Siebert brought the concept to Cartoon Network. As Ward admitted in an interview with FastCompany.com, it's a huge risk for a network to put money behind an original idea. 
Usually, studios like to pick up established properties that have proven to do well, and Adventure Time was a hard sell in general. In a sense, the show was very open-ended. It was simply about two best friends just having adventures, and there wasn't much of a hook. I don't think it needs a hook. No. You know, yeah. there are so, what's SpongeBob about? Yeah, right. two I mean, best friends yeah. hanging they're out. They're just friends. They hang out. He's a fry cook. There's no, you know. Yeah, and it's one of those shows where you start from the very beginning, and yet everyone kind of already knows each other. They don't bother yeah. mm -hmm. introducing. Like mm -hmm. some characters get introduced, like Marceline has an mm -hmm. introductory right. episode. But the very first episode... Finn and Jake already have been friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. They know Princess Bubblegum. They know yeah. the Canyon Kingdom. Like, they just, like, yes. it doesn't matter. Yeah, there is no order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no order. There's no hook. You just go. So luckily for Seabert and Ward, Cartoon Network was interested in producing a full series. However, they would only commit to a deal if Ward could prove the short wasn't a one-hit wonder. Cartoon Network asked Ward to submit a sample script for their consideration, but the vice president of Frederator, Eric Homan, convinced Ward to play to his strengths and create a storyboard instead. Yeah, you're not a writer. Yeah. Don't, don't write a script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> don't do just, a storyboard. It's an incredibly yeah. visual thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's also a great writer, obviously. Yes. Like, I mean, come on. Ward turned to his friends, Patrick McHale and Adam Muto, and they began developing ideas. For years after, Ward would explain that the characters he and his co-writers created weren't just characters. Finn, Jake, and all the others were extensions of the writers themselves, and the people that Ward chose to work with were the heart and soul of the show. I think that is the perfect way to make like the most relatable cartoon yeah. characters, mm -hmm. you know, because if you're just coming up with a character completely from scratch, it can be hard to make them feel real because yeah. like, how would this person react? Uh, maybe like this, but if you kind of base them on somebody real, you mm -hmm. have a direction you or know, just yourself or you just know? yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know how yeah. you would react. You know how yeah. this person would react. So you at least have somewhere to go to make it feel real. Yeah. Right. What you know. <laughs> the group's first storyboard featured Finn and Princess Bubblegum going on a spaghetti supper date, but Cartoon Network was disinterested in the idea. It was clear that Ward and his team needed to recreate the magic of the original short. So Ward, McHale, and Mudo created a storyboard for the episode The Enchiridion, which was their attempt to consciously emulate the style of the original Adventure Time. This tactic proved successful, and Cartoon Network approved the first season in September of 2008, with the Enchiridion as the first episode to enter into production. Awesome. I know we have a list of favorite episodes to talk about later, mm -hmm. but let's talk about this episode for a second. Yeah, this is one where Finn is kind of like itching for adventures, right? You know, I mean, they kind of want to go on adventures all the mm -hmm. time. Obviously, that's the show, but in this particular one, Princess Bubblegum tells him about the Ankyridi, and he's like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. I am into that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and so they, they go, and it's like this enclosed yeah. adventure zone. Kind of like a labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, almost yes. like a labyrinth. And they meet the, the little key the <laughs> gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah door lord. <laughs> yeah. So cute. 
My name is Keeper, and do this over. I carry the key to this door. But all is not how it appears, you see, or perhaps you don't see it all. Oh, the key is in you, child, but you cannot use your brawn here. The door is magically sealed. Finn just sticks him in the key. It's like, oh, brilliant, child. How did you... How did you solve my riddle? It's like, oh, I, I didn't. I just thought you would look real cute stuff in there. <laughs> and, and then he's like, oh, that's how most that's... people get in. So, oh my so God. cute. But throughout the episode, Finn and Jake go through these different, I guess, trials. They run into mm -hmm. stuff that really kind of is meant to bring Finn down. The where they pick Gnomes, yeah. The gnomes that... Yeah, he saves the gnomes from like a burning pool of lava. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, oh, thank you. Now we can destroy old ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. You know, so so Finn has this like, he's like, oh, I'm not a real adventurer. I failed. I, all those old ladies are destroyed yeah. because of me. Like, I'm not a good yeah. person. Uh -huh. <laughs> he's like, I'm not righteous. I'm raunchous. <laughs> Stupidious. And then, well, Jake, Jake's just like, uh, it's like, dude, you know, it's all in your head. Like that, that wasn't real. It was an illusion. Yeah, yeah. He was like, what are you talking? Like, what would all those old ladies be doing in the forest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just like, good point. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, they they get through all this stuff, and they eventually get to the the castle. And then his last trial. He's like, oh, yeah, this, like, evil, like, oh, Grim yeah, Reaper. He's, he's like yeah. a Grim Reaper-looking guy, and he's just mm -hmm. like, the last, you know, you know, thing you have to do is kill this ant. Oh, yeah. He's like, is it an evil ant? It's like, uh, no, I mean, he's not evil. He's, he's not really, like, good either. He's just... Like a regular ant. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's unaligned. In order to get it. <laughs> neutral. Then says no, and then he's like, he passed the test. Yeah. <laughs> he's a neutral ant. He's a yeah. neutral ant. And then the manly minotaur comes out yes. and gives him the Ankyridian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the one of my favorite parts, the very end, is he opens up to the page on how to kiss princesses. <laughs> because it's like the guidebook for heroes, right? Yeah. That's yes. what the Ankyridian is. He's like, here's a whole chapter on how to kiss princesses. And that's when Princess Bubblegum call calls him. He's like, oh, what's in it? I want to know what it says. And he's like, nothing. Forget about it. <laughs> and that's it. That That is probably the most adventure-y, adventure time episode, mm -hmm. at least in the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah. Just as Ward and his team began storyboarding more episodes, Cartoon Network once again became concerned about the direction of the series. Because Adventure Time was one of the only new animated shows on the network, they needed to ensure its success. Compared to other animators, Ward and his colleagues were fairly inexperienced, and production became a little hectic. One issue was finding the right team of animators to work in Ward's unique and simplistic style. Also, the writers still hadn't landed one clear vision of the show. You know, I would even say that the show is out and done at this point mm -hmm. and it still is so many different yeah. visions of the mm -hmm. show yeah it can't really be overstated <laughs> how important it was to cartoon network that this yeah. went well yeah. <laughs> yeah and that was why they were so intense about it being <laughs> good they went way too hard on live action mm -hmm. it's fallen apart failures they don't have a lot of good shows they, they don't have a lot of cartoons right now they should have known man Pendleton Ward's style looks really simple, mm -hmm. but it's not. I mean, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it looks simple on the face, but if you mm -hmm. do it just a little bit different, it's not going to fit in. Yeah. It still has a style that must yeah. be adhered mm -hmm. to, despite it being like the easiest lines to draw, you know? Yeah. 
easy like circle shapes and like their faces are just dots, eyes, you know, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Except for Ricardio. <laughs> He's got big, brilliant eyes. <laughs> Cartoon Network put production on hold and hired three veteran animators who had worked on SpongeBob SquarePants. Derek Dryman, who served as executive producer for the first season of Adventure Time. Mary Weather Williams, who served as head story editor for the show's first and second seasons. And Nick Jennings, who became the series' long-serving art director. The team added artists like Phil Reidna and Dan Ghost Shrimp Bandit. Hell yeah. <laughs> what? That's a great nickname. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Two animators that were instrumental in getting the show off the ground as they were able to draw in Ward's style. Derek Dryman was able to help the production team storyboard a new episode called Prisoners of Love that would finally ease the anxieties of the network. Four long years after the original short, the show finally premiered on Cartoon Network on April 5th, 2010. Oh boy! But hey, Cartoon Network didn't scrap it. They, yes. That's they true. They worked, worked through the problems. Mm-hmm. They said it was a shit show. It was a mess. <laughs> they people, they just they were having. They had to rush, and they had all kinds of problems, and they just it, mm-hmm. yeah, it was bad. But hey, once they got the ball rolling, it, yes. it's just beautiful. <laughs> Growing up, Ward was a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons and The Simpsons. He was able to combine the two and make Adventure Time. Ward told the AV Club that the show's writing process usually began with the writers telling each other what they had done the previous week to find something to build on. It's the easiest, like, what'd you do? We'll start with that. He had compared the writing process to creating D&D characters and playing with them in that universe. To Ward and the other writers, they were just animating the campaigns of their assigned characters each week. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like such a fun way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Adventure Time was produced using hand-drawn animation. Hooray. Because each episode took roughly eight to nine months to complete, multiple episodes were worked on at the same time. After the crew got storyboard approved by Cartoon Network, the board was then worked into a script for the voice actors. The recorded dialogue was then placed under the polished storyboard panels, making a rough cut for the episode that the animators could follow. Then character and prop designers would meet to see what needed to be designed for the episode. After the design phase, the animation was outsourced to South Korea. The animation was largely hand-drawn and then scanned into the computer. Once it was completed, the American team looked over the episode for errors, sometimes making minor changes at the last second. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man, that part would be kind of like <laughs> hard for me. Because I'd be yeah. too much. I'd just be paying attention to it as a whole. Yeah. I would miss stuff all the time. They sometimes would have small things mm-hmm. that they could just fix there in California, or there'd be big things and they'd have to send it back. Oh, oh no. Man. <laughs> yeah. Penn Ward kept an open mind as the showrunner. He would often let his team contribute their own ideas and stories while keeping control of the show overall. After four and a half successful seasons, Ward decided it was time to step down as showrunner. Although he stayed to contribute every now and then, or look over stories, he felt it best for his personal health and well-being to step away. 
The pressure of controlling a massively popular show became too much for his introverted personality. He handed the reins to Adam Muto, his college buddy, that helped him develop the show. I think it's really cool that, first of all, that he was able to be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, Somebody, <laughs> else, much. somebody yeah. else do this. But also, I think that this show is really popular among introverts. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. Adam's an introvert. Mm-hmm. Becky's an introvert. Mm-hmm. I could totally see, like, he was talking about how he would go to the coffee shop to work. Mm-hmm. Because right. at the coffee shop, he could avoid, eye- he wanted to avoid eye contact with people. Mm-hmm. And so that helped him focus on his work. Yeah. Because yeah. it was either talk to people <laughs> or get your work done. Yeah. Or yeah. look at yeah. your computer yeah. and get so it done. Yeah, so of course he got his work done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, he made something that introverts are like, wow, mm-hmm. I like this. <laughs> and as we'll get into it later, a lot of other communities to really relate and find something out of yes, the show. It's, yeah. it's really cool. When Muto took over, the show went in a different direction. Although the show never lost its sense of whimsy, the tone shifted to be more introspective. There were more series of episodes rather than one-off adventures, and the plots became even more complex. There's like, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, t- you can see the change happen. Yeah. Like, it just starts to get more, like, grandiose. <laughs> I believe the end of season four is where the Lich episode is. Yeah. 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 Yep. yep. That's the season four finale, mm-hmm. and that is, like, the turning point episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it works because it's it's as if all of the stuff that happens post-season four was there the whole time. They just didn't get to that. They just didn't yeah, stumble yeah. across that in their mm-hmm. adventures. They're going in so many different directions and just exploring ooh in whichever way they feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could have just been there waiting the whole time. So once they finally get to these like quote unquote mm-hmm. more important things, it it doesn't feel like it's that big yeah. of a deviation. Yeah, cuz the characters are growing themselves right. anyway. Yeah. And they're they're getting more complex and it's like the beginning is just here's who they are. Here's a general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get to know them. Yeah. Now yeah. it's okay. Here we go. Robin, do you remember when you came to visit me in college and they were doing with like, a series of episodes about Marceline? And those were yeah. really good. Yeah. I remember watching those. And I remember like, you kept Whoa. on falling asleep. Wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three in the morning. <laughs> sitting on my twin bed in college. Jeez, oh, man. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> in an article for the LA Times, Rebecca Sugar talked about what it was like working on the show, especially the finale. She said, I wrote a song for the finale called Time Adventure. I wanted to write about how even if something ends, it continues to exist in the past. Nothing ever really goes away. You only feel like it does because our mind has to process information one moment at a time in order for us to function as humans. I'm so nostalgic for the time that I spent working on Adventure Time, and I find it comforting to think that I still exist in that office with Adam working on those stories. I would be so happy to come back to work and brainstorm with him and sit down and draw on paper and pitch these stories with post-its tacked up on the wall, just like they did in the 1930s with the stick and the song and the dance, the most traditional way of doing cartoons. Yeah. (laughs) I actually love that she said that. Marcy pulled this quote out. Yeah. 
when I think of memories and I think of doing things, I feel like part of me feels like those things are still happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And like yeah. I imagine like places that don't exist anymore, but that I remember, you know, right. and it's like it's still there. Yeah. It's just only there in my brain, you know? Yeah. yeah. I really like I really like the idea that all of time is still happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It never stopped happening, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. like one theory of time travel. Yeah. That, it's know, all happening simultaneously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I think about a place that I love that's gone and I think I could go back there. You know, it's mm-hmm. like but I I know yeah. I can't, but I like to imagine that I can. Right. Yeah. So we're gonna talk a little bit about who was in this. In order to create dialogue that would naturally flow between the characters, Adventure Time preferred recording as a group under the direction of Kent Osborne. Hayden Walsh, who voices Princess Bubblegum, said in a Comic-Con interview that it's just like doing a play reading, a really, really out there play. (laughs) (laughs) In order to bring some variety into the voice acting, the team has employed many actors for small roles within the show. Some actors were reached out to, but others were fans of the show and asked to be part of it. In an interview at the 2014 San Diego Comic-Con, Adam Muto and Kent Osborne remarked that they had a strange goal of getting all the actors from Star Trek, The Next Generation, and The Office to voice recurring and minor roles. Kent made it clear, though, that when someone like Rain Wilson has asked to guest star, they did not immediately put him in. They have a list of actors that have contacted them, and when a character arises that would fit their voice, they are brought in. Yeah, they wouldn't just create a character for this person. They're like, well, you better wait. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Now, voice actors in the show typically voice more than one character. And so we will mention the main character that the actors voice, but you should know that they probably voiced several others throughout the series. And if you watch the show, you'll probably recognize a few. Oh, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, that one's definitely Tom Kenny. Oh, yeah. You know. Mm You pick him out of a crowd any day. A character can sigh, and I can tell you it's Tom Kenny. <laughs> I, that man is so good, but he can't do anything to throw me off. I, I, can al- I always you know. know when it's Tom Kenny. Yeah. You've been practicing for this since you were 12. Yeah, yeah. Longer, probably, yeah. So John DiMaggio played Jake. He's also known as Bender in Futurama. Before this, Bender was probably like his biggest thing that people knew him for. Yeah. In Paul Thomas's Exploring the Land of Ooh, this is like a, an unofficial like production guide, mm-hmm. John DiMaggio is quoted saying, I was trying to figure out from the beginning what the big deal was. I was like, I'm not sure I understand what's going on here. You just had these lines that said whatever, and it was like, I don't get it. I said to Tom Kenny once, I was like, dude, I don't get this show at all. I have no idea. And he was like, listen, man, just trust me. This is this generation's yellow submarine. Just leave it at that. And he was right. The art direction on the show, the whole world is great. And the land of Ooh is just weird. It's just a weird thing, you know? I love doing this show. It's fun as hell. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> hell that's yeah. great. That's so great. I love his voice. He is seems like a very laid back guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's the kind of actor that doesn't completely alter his voice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but his voice is so versatile and it works for everything and yeah. and to a point where you wouldn't immediately assume that it's the same person doing all these voices right yeah right like for example the difference between bender and jake is yeah. simply like when he's bender he just talks a little more angrily yeah yeah maybe a little oh, bit girlfriend. slurry because bender's mm-hmm. all drunk all the time <laughs> oh, yeah right? he's drinking all the time but then with jake oh, yeah. you just a little bit more upbeat he sounds just a touch younger maybe mm-hmm. but yeah. th- but other than that he's not really changing it that much he said that jake 
was pretty close to his regular voice. Yeah. He said it was like his regular voice, but with a hug. Nice. <laughs> he just wanted to add a friendliness, kind of yeah. like an elderly man quality to his voice a little bit and made it seem like he's just kind of this older spiritual guide for Finn yeah. in the show. Yeah. I mean, I guess his jowls kind of act as like a, uh, a mustache in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Shada played Finn. Jeremy is Reggie in Julian the Phantoms, which Netflix should renew. Anyway. Aww. It's a mistake. The character of Finn was originally inspired by another animation by Penn Ward called Bueno the Bear. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. We'll post a link to that in the blog as well. Yeah. It's the weirdest little. <laughs> you got to see it. You yeah. must. Yeah. Jeremy's older brother, Zach, was actually the original voice of this character back when he was Penn. Yeah, uh-huh. and then, then, then he went through puberty. Yep. Oh, <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah. Damn. But it stayed in the family, and I think yeah. that's sweet. Yeah. That is, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's nice. Tom Kenny played the Ice King. Who? What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't write anything about Tom Kenny. We all like Tom Kenny a lot here. You go check out our voice acting episodes. Yeah. yeah. If you old must one. know. That's an old episode. Yeah. But I actually yeah. listened to that the other day at work. Oh, you did? Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh. I had to work a Saturday. And so. Ah, so you listened there to an old, B- a BCD classic. Yeah. 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 Well, also, so people say that Finn is the virtuistic young kid version of Pendleton Ward mm. and. The Ice King is a little bit more of like his dark side. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. You know, it's kind of an interesting in dynamic with those characters. <laughs> Hayden Walsh played Princess Bubblegum. Hayden often voices Starfire in the Teen Titan shows. And Bubblegum was one of the first characters created for the show and was originally named Betty after Ward's mother. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how originally he had characters named after him and his mom. And then yeah. once the show got picked up, he was like, no, that's good. No, okay. <laughs> that won't work. We don't that need to do work. that now. Olivia Olsen played Marceline, the vampire queen. She has been voices in other shows such as Phineas and Ferb. And she also played Joanna Anderson in Love Actually, but is best known for Adventure Time. Also, nice. when Pendleton Ward was thinking of the character of Marceline, he didn't know what he wanted for the voice. Mm-hmm. And he actually just happened to be watching Phineas and Ferb. Oh. And it was a character, it was an episode where her character was on. She oh. was the daughter of Doofenshmirtz, yep. right? Ah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he actually called up his friends at Phineas and Ferb and was like, who's that? Yeah, like- and it turned out that it was the daughter of the guy that he was talking to on the phone. Ah. <laughs> That's Perfect. So great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, what's up? I'm Marceline, the Vampire Queen. Uh, Ward actually got the idea for Marceline from a childhood friend. Nikki Yang played Bimo. Bimo is so cute. Oh, I love Bimo. Uh, she also voices Candy Chew in Gravity Falls. And finally, we have Pendleton Ward as Lumpy Space Princess. <laughs> Uh, he works on many Cartoon Network Studios projects as a screenwriter, animator, voice actor, and etc. But he, I he mean, was, yeah. he was a lumpy space princess. Uh, yes. Oh my god! I'm gonna say something fun like, "Oh yeah, I'm having a fun time." Oh my gosh! Probably the best time I've ever had my entire life. You know, we talked about how he kind of stepped down from a higher up role in the show, but I'm glad mm-hmm. that he he <laughs> was like. He had to stay connected, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> you're he couldn't space just princess. We're walk not going to recast her. Or no, 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 no. And I mean, his best friend really was heading the show now. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like he was going to get kicked yeah. out. He right. wasn't going to get out. 
All right, so next we're going to talk about the the running jokes and gags. Obviously, with a show this long, there's going to be things that just, you know, yeah. they redo, they rehash. It's there, there are funny. many of them. Yes. Probably not all listed here yeah, either. So, no. so we'll just pick some of... <laughs> Don't expect us to talk all of about yeah. <laughs> some of the faves. There's apparently a snail in every episode. Excluding the very first episode and, a v- and very few others, the snail can be found within each episode. His appearance becomes a running gag as the seasons go on. He is even possessed by the Lich in a few episodes and can be seen with green eyes and an evil-appearing expression. Wow. Yeah. What a detail. I know. There, yeah, there's one episode where he, mm-hmm. where you see it happen. Yeah. And then in a few episodes after that, whenever you like find him, you know, when he's hidden, he's still got the, the green <laughs> oh. eyes. <laughs> Next one we have is the Ice King kidnapping princesses. Many fans actually believe that the Ice King is obsessed with princesses because his human form, Simon Petrikov, before becoming Ice King, had a fiance named Betty. He would often call her princess, which leads those to believe he is trying to find his princess or at least replace the love that he has lost. And there's the name Betty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. Betty. Oh. So there's um an episode in like the first season where Finn and Jake go into the Ice King's castle and they take his crown and they like you or they don't take his crown but they like use they get that book of ice power spells. Yeah. The pow- Yeah. And I remember listening to the commentary on that episode and they were saying that this was an episode that was created before they decided they like kind of came up with the backstory for Ice King and mm. like the powers came from his crown and then it made oh. him crazy. Oh, you know. Yeah. And so I wonder if like they built from that like later on oh. to make. Yeah, maybe. So, like, and so like the princess thing is like, you know, oh, that's why he captures princesses. But in the beginning, it was just kind of. Yeah, it was just like, evil. he crazy, was just kind of creepy. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be happy. Yeah. Make way for the fun train. <laughs> I collect princesses because I want to marry one. Well, why'd you capture six of them if you just want to marry one? I'm collecting them all first to be sure I make the right choice. Yeah, because I remember like, don't touch too much stuff. You might catch us crazy. the The next one is that the squirrel hates jake (laughs) his most famous words to jake which i just love i love this slide you son of a bleep blop he would like throw letters or or notes towards jake like pick it up pick it up (laughs) and then jake walks away you son of a bleep because he just can't get his attention Oh, it's it. such a weird one that it it doesn't come up very often. It's only a few times, but it's so memorable. Like that oh squirrel is crazy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Shelby the worm that lives in Jake's viola. His voice is created by actually altering pen wards. He's also specifically labeled as a male earthworm, even though earthworms are in fact hermaphrodites. Ah. Oh. I like Shelby. Shelby's yeah, great. So yeah. The next one is that Finn w- is able to sing auto tune. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> we never actually get to see how Finn is able to sing auto tune, but he says that when he was younger, he swallowed a little computer. Oh yeah. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I would do that. 
I would for sure swallow a tiny computer if it meant that I could sing without. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And and it, you can just turn it on and off yeah. whenever you yeah. want. Because <laughs> yeah, he doesn't always use it when he no, sings. Yeah. Exactly. The next one we have is that Peppermint Butler is being secretly evil. Yes. Yeah. If you know, Peppermint Butler is Princess Bubblegum's trusted butler, advisor, and friend. And throughout the series, many instances show how he may have a dark side and a past that is unbeknownst to the citizens of the Candy Kingdom. With this dark side, he never turns on Princess Bubblegum, though, and he stays by her side, making sure she is safe. Yeah. It's it's so odd because he's just... <laughs> Among like all the demons and the dark creatures, they're yes. all like, "Oh God, stay away from Peppermint mm-hmm. Butler!" Like yep. it's almost yeah. like he's not evil, but he just uses evil powers. Yeah, and he yeah. Dabbles in dark magic. Yeah, because they the episode where they meet Death, Finn and Jake have killed Princess Bubblegum's like flower, <laughs> yeah, flower. Her yeah, flower, and they need to go to the afterlife and get the spirit of the flower back from Death mm-hmm. and. Peppermint Butler's just like, all right, see yeah. ya. Yeah, yeah he like, opens the portal. Yeah, Go this he, way. <laughs> he lets him in, you know, and they're about to die. Yeah. And finally, they're like, because, of course, death challenges Finn to uh, some sort of music battle. Uh, battle, that Finn yeah. Has, yeah. That loses, absolutely. And so they're about to die. And he says, oh, by the way, Peppermint Butler says hello. Oh, you know Peppermint Butler? Oh, oh my god! Well, like, free to go. Here's yeah, what you here need, you actually. Yeah, See you actually, later. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him I said hey. Like, it's amazing. Come back anytime. Yeah. Whatever you need, yeah. I'm here. Come on, just mm. chill. Yeah. <laughs> the last one we have on here is that there's a hint that the land of Ooh is in a post-apocalypse. Yeah, and yeah. it becomes less of a hint and yeah. becomes more of yeah, a very of, solid storyline. Yeah, there. Yeah. So Adventure Time is set, of course, in the land of Ooh, and the land of Ooh began as just a magical land. But in the first season, it quickly began to have a history emerge. This history does not become the main focus, but rather a background to the main characters and their stories. In a USA Today article, Ward said, I never planned it. I just saw this world as a magical place. The show developed organically. Someone would add an element to the world, and it would stick. At some point, we did an episode about businessmen rising up from an iceberg at the bottom of a lake. That one's called Business Time. And that made the world post-apocalyptic, and we just ran with it. Yeah. They first hint at it. With business time. And yeah. I don't even mm-hmm. think that was intentional with no. this episode. Yeah. But it was like, okay, that can be the starting point because it implies that there was something else before. Yeah, those mm-hmm. look like humans. Yeah. yeah. And there doesn't yeah. seem to be any other humans around except mm-hmm. Finn. And it's like, why were right. they frozen? Yeah. And-, and then and then you start to notice in the background, like, mm-hmm. broken cars, yes. ruined buildings. Mm-hmm. But yeah. slowly yeah. but surely, they really start to ramp that up. In the, yeah. in the opening credits, mm-hmm. you can see um, like sort of like a bomb. Yeah. Like a, like a shell. Yeah. On, shell on of the a ground. Bomb. Yeah. And then like a se- severed arm. And it's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was always yeah. kind of there, it feels yeah. like. Yeah. So now we're going to run through some of our favorite episodes. Yay. 
Yay. So we're just going to talk through them a little bit. And if you have a specific episode that you want to learn more about, there are sources out there. Yeah. And also, we're only going to talk about episodes in the first few seasons of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before the show took its kind of turn. So we might do a part two at some point. Yeah. yeah. You know, and just and spend that part two just covering episodes from, we'll see. Season four yeah. onward. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Mudo's time. Yeah. Yeah. The Mudoverse. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one we're going to talk about here is called Wizard. Oh, from yeah. From the very first season, episode 11. Mm. In this episode, do they just stumble across a. Person who's like, hey, yes. you want yep. magic powers? They yes. have free magic powers this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's this very demonic, yeah. devilish character. He's... Yeah, he just shows up and he's just like, do you want free powers? And yeah. they're like, yeah, no questions asked. Hell sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And so then they all start training to become wizards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They end up at this castle place, right? Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, really. And they meet this frog. Wizard does his little uh, his, his tadpoles. His tadpoles inflates, are all inflates his like croaking, yeah, like neck thing that frogs yeah. have, right? Yeah, and there's these little tadpole wizards in there. <laughs> it's like eleven of them or something yeah, like that. Gosh. And they all speak in unison, like the delightful children from down the lane, yeah. the kids next door, except for one. Except for one who just can't get it right. <laughs> We are Bufo. Oh. So, so you wish to you be wish inducted, to be inducted into, into the ancient, ancient order. order. Dang it, Leonard. If we don't talk at the same time, nobody can understand us. Sorry. He's... The way they get the powers is so funny. Like, for example, the first one, dust a man see. <laughs> yeah, no. You see this speck of dust? I'm controlling that or whatever. It's like, wow, so cool. You like, can also read their thoughts. This yeah. one's unhappy in his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so the way to become dustamancers is to eat this broom. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> yeah, they go through all of these trials. To get all these superpowers, every time they get one, they uh, they get another star on their robe. Until the last one, where like the the last one, you get a big star in the middle, and um, Jake's like, "Nah, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I got all the powers I'm, I need. Yeah, I don't need any more. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, but Finn definitely wants it. He wants to become a grand wizard or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So he does." And then it's like, well, you you did it. Now your responsibility is to keep this comet from falling and yes. hitting us. <laughs> You're trapped for the rest of your natural life keeping this comet from hitting the... Yeah. <laughs> it's re- Using all your power. Yeah. yeah. This sucks. There's these three like really old wizards up there who have been mm-hmm. doing it. All right, you're done. Oh, yes. And he finally, you know, he finally <laughs> And a bit later in the episode, you see him... Like getting crawling into, into a grave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's he's like, I'm just ready to die now. Like, he's just ready to yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. You know, Finn decides to like change the game and just yeah. destroy the comet mm-hmm. or to just move the place so the comet yeah. doesn't get, it doesn't kill it. Mm-hmm. What, what is it that he said? He's just like, new age forever. Yeah. Or like, youth culture forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's the way it's always been done. Yeah. Well, I've got a younger idea. Yeah. <laughs> so next here we have Dungeon, which is also in season one. Yes. This is one of my favorites because it splits up Finn and Jake and it makes them realize what they need from each other. <laughs> and it has one of my favorite jokes 
that other cartoons do, but whenever they do it, it's my favorite thing when they reference how long the episodes are. Princess Bubblegum is ha- is having them put up signs to not go into this dungeon, but Finn is like, "Well, I wouldn't do that. That it sounds like a that sounds like fun." Finn makes a bet and he's like, "I bet you I could get through this dungeon all by myself." He's like, "No, you can't." Yes, I can. I'll do it in eleven minutes. <laughs> jumps down the jumps down the well into the dungeon. I love those jokes so much. <laughs> yes, but then obviously Finn goes through all these trials, and they're all very physical trials. Like he has to yeah. fight monsters, right? Yeah. yeah. And one of the monsters is one of my favorite characters who I wish they would have brought back. It was the cat who has an approximate knowledge of many things. Oh yes. yes. Like, <laughs> I know you're there. No, but Jim, you almost might. Jim, the human boy. <laughs> How did you almost know my no, name? My name. <laughs> I have an approximate knowledge of many things. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, he's hiding behind a rock. It's like, I'm coming to get you. I've got you. Oh, I thought you'd be behind this rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right. I most certainly know where you are now. Yeah, yeah. And got you. Oh, Dang it. <laughs> well, there's only a few more places yeah. to look. <laughs> I know exactly where you might be. <laughs> I love it so much. And then this like angel character comes in. It's like, oh, Finn, I'm here to save you. Takes him away and reveals like she's like a horrible, like gremlin yes. angel creature. Yes. Horrible thing. Yeah. Throws him into this like giant bird, bird cage. And that's where he finds Jake. And it, and it turns out that Jake only a minute later had followed him into the dungeon, but ended up t- taking like a completely different route Yeah, where all of his trials were like <laughs> mental. And he was like, oh man, Finn, you would have been perfect for these. And Jake, oh, you would have been perfect for beating up all these monsters. It's like, so they realize that them together yeah. is what really yes, makes it work. Need each yeah. other. And I just love that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a real sweet yeah. lesson. And then, um, Princess Bubblegum br- busts in on this like big uh, mm-hmm. bird to save them. Yeah. yeah, like a goose that shoots lasers or something like that. <laughs> the evil like witch lady thing. She like puts them in like this little vat or whatever. And she's oh, like yeah, the secret got, like, to little too. kids stew is yeah. to keep it hot over uh, like a slow flame for a long period of time. <laughs> yeah. And Finn's like, oh man, that's Jake's secret too. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, the next one here we've got is Rainy Day Daydream. It starts with the weirdest thing, which really makes me think, like, of course this world was just a magical place yeah. before yeah. they really dove into the post-apocalypse stuff, because it's a knife storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It rains knives. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's it. Like, we have to spend the day inside. We can't go outside in a knife storm. We literally can't go out there. My <laughs> question is, rain dries up. What yeah. happens to the knives when the knives over? <laughs> Do they evaporate also? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, because if it was icicles, that they would just if, disappear it, they as would well. Melt. But Jake is like, this is the perfect opportunity to use our imagination to have fun today. <laughs> and Finn is like, nope. Mm-mm. I would rather die than use my imagination. I think <laughs> oh my he's so, so extreme. It's like, what the heck, man? Jake starts imagining things. And then it got real. Real. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts is where he's like, oh, man, I'm not kidding. The, the floor is really lava. I'm not kidding. He's like, I, would just, I just started using my imagination. And then it got intense. <laughs> <laughs> that's when they show you Jake's good. perspective. Yeah, like, things are actually, it actually melting. Yeah. 
and and Finn cannot see any of this. Jake's imagination is all that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So Jake has to imagine everything as it goes, and we don't see any of that. So we're kind of on Finn's side. I'm I'm imagining an imagination turning off switch. But it's in the <laughs> we have to go get it, you know. What did I just hit? I'm imagining a wall. You can just go around it. Really? That's it? There isn't any invisible angry troll or anything? Well, there's one now. Look out! Ah, I can feel it on my foot! Whoa! So he has to fight nothing. Yeah. It's like, oh, t- left, more left. <laughs> just punching nothing, you know? And it's just a very simple idea of what. how would you react to somebody else's imagination happening, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a simple episode, but it's very funny. It's one of my favorites. Oh, but then they turn off Jake's imagination then jake turns into like a robot yeah type thing oh that's right that's right he's like where's your bombastic personality and he's just like what are you talking about i that's am right. bombastic yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right it reminds me of the episode of spongebob where he gets really smooth oh you know? yeah like hi how Normal. are you yep. yeah uh, yes. it's that same vibe he just loses mm-hmm. his personality i forgot about that part because yeah, then, then finn has to use his imagination to help him mm-hmm. next we have the other tarts Yay. Oh, that's a funny one. Which is our first one of the next season, season two. Princess Bubblegum asks Finn and Jake to carry the royal tarts to mm-hmm. the royal meeting or whatever mm-hmm. it is she's doing, meeting with all the royalty around uh, around <laughs> Ooh, because there are a whole bunch of kingdoms. If, yes, I don't know if we yes. mentioned, but the Candy Kingdom is not the only place. There are many. But these are very important tarts, and mm-hmm. they cannot be lost everyone comes after them so finn has this brilliant idea to poison some (laughs) of the other tarts and give them to cinnamon bun Mm -hmm. to who is another character who's completely just a dopey yeah he's dopey he's real kind of dumb yeah but he um takes the normal tart toting path right it's just a tunnel all the way to that's the way the they're meeting. supposed to go Easy path. yeah yes. it's the way they're supposed to go but they're like well everyone's gonna expect us to go that way so we're gonna take the way around <laughs> to the badlands <laughs> right i think they end up losing pretty much every single one of them yeah, yeah. meanwhile cinnamon bun is having the easiest time in the world like there are yes. there are guys in the tunnel who are like let me hold that for you he's like you know just, he doesn't even have to carry them it's yep. so easy um <laughs> Finn and Jake lost all their tarts, and they're like, oh, no, Cinnamon Bun's going to get there with the poison ones. We have to stop him. (laughs) So they get there. Cinnamon Bun's already arrived. They're already about to eat the tarts. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Finn slaps it out of Princess Bubblegum's hands like, you can't eat that tart. Princess, don't eat that tart. Okay, geez, Finn, I won't eat that tart. I'll eat this other tart instead. Oh, Princess, no. And, um... She freezes up as if she was poisoned because the poison, like, it's like paralyzing. It's, a, it's a paralyzed, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh no, it, it, she's poisoned. It's like, I'm just enraptured by the uh, flavor. flavor. <laughs> so, turns out they accidentally gave Cinnamon Bun the real tarts and they had the poison ones the whole time. <laughs> they, they said at the beginning of the episode that there used to be a, a grand tart toter. He was a gingerbread, gingerbread man. man who was just, it was his job to tote the tarts. He was, yeah. that was his whole thing. And he shows up, <laughs> busts through the door. It's like, hello, 
eat my tarts. He's like completely lost his mind. He's he's got bites taken out of him. He's got he's like holding a bird and a squirrel. (laughs) It's like he has this speech of like into the void we all fall. It's like this crazy like spiel that makes no sense to anyone. He's completely lost his mind, and then the episode's over. They end the episodes like that so yes, so many times. What? It's just what done. Just Why would you happened. end it like that? Yes. The next one on here is What Was Missing? This is season three, episode 10. Mm. This one's quite a special episode. Yeah. This is the genuine band episode. If you were wondering, or those yeah. of you listening who have seen Adventure Time, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. This episode is famous for deepening the relationship between Bubblegum and Marceline. After reading the episode, storyboard artist Rebecca Sugar suggested to Adam Muto that Bubblegum and Marceline had been in a romantic relationship that had gone south, which explains their complicated interactions and the cryptic lines of Marceline's song. The show liked the idea, but knew they had to approach it in a very subtextual way. Still, audiences understood what the writers were going for, and the episode sparked some controversy among the fanbase. Several seasons later, in 2018, Cartoon Network aired the final episode, which confirmed the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there was like a kind of a big debate yeah. about what yeah. the episode meant and, and everything. Some people, you know, some people had their interpretations of it, which were correct, mm-hmm. which is what the show was going for. But then other people were upset about it because mm-hmm. they, they felt that the show wasn't going for that and that people were just putting it on the show. Right. It's an episode mm-hmm. that a lot of people remember for yeah. many different reasons. Yeah. Other than that, too, it's still just a really good mm-hmm. episode. But in this episode, other than that that part, the episode um, has a door lord mm-hmm. who, yeah. who steals something who dear. Steals to something important to everyone, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and to be a door lord means that you have a, this. He's got like a sack of doors from like Monsters Inc. style, right? Where he just yeah. drops them down and they, he can walk through and it t- teleports him somewhere, right? So he's very hard to catch, and he steals something important. From everyone who's involved, Finn, Jake, Bubblegum, Marceline, I think Bemo's there too. But he finally goes through this door that has all these faces on it that they can't figure out how to open. <laughs> what? This door shall yield to no command, save for a song from a genuine band. What is this grip of grab? And they're just like, they get frustrated with each other, they start to argue. Yeah. And that's when Finn starts to sing about how like he's kind of upset that everyone else is upset. He just wants friends to hang out and yep, be mm-hmm. friends. And the door starts to like smile at him. So they realize that music is the way to open this door. Finn sings, Jake plays the viola, Bubblegum takes the front casing off a of Bemo and play <laughs> pokes him to yes. make little like beep and to, like, boop play noises. A little, yeah. 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 And then Marceline can play the bass and she also sings. So they sing together and, you know, then you get those lyrics that imply a lot of things about her and bubblegum, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. It's actually a great song. And Finn also kind of sings to bubblegum <laughs> in in like, I think one of the lyrics is, what am I to you? Yeah. Am I your brother or your friend or what? Yeah. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Because this whole time, Finn has had a, had a huge crush on bubblegum. Right. That's oh, what yeah. his item was, was a piece of her hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which, Which is just from gone. a previous episode. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. So oh, there's an right. episode where um he and Jake meet, find some witch or whatever and I don't remember what the conflict was, but she would only like help them or whatever if they gave her like pretty hair. Oh. 
princess hair. That's right. And so he tries to woo Princess Bubblegum into giving him a piece of her hair. And then finally she's just like, oh, you just want to chuck my hair? Like, yeah, yeah, he tries. To, yeah. He dances then, around it because he doesn't want to directly ask her. Yeah. yeah, and then the witch rejects it because it's just gum, <laughs> and then he ends up giving her his hair because he reveals under his hat that he has like really long ass hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he just shaves his head and then mm-hmm. gives her the hair. But anyway, uh, that's what that's uh, from. So he has a chunk of her hair. Ah. Uh. Yeah. yeah. And gotcha. he has a crush on her. That's right. Yeah. So the song has a lot of meaning for a lot of people. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, meanwhile, so- Jake is like this <laughs> this guy who who's like up his own ass about his yes, talent. Yes, if they're right? going to be a genuine band, they have to have, like, the jerk. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm the best one here. Nobody even understands my work. <laughs> but that one's, that one's so great. And then, you know, they finally get the song, they sing together, mm-hmm. the door opens, and they get their stuff back. Yes, they mm-hmm. learn that to, the way to open the door was to just be honest. That was yes, the, that yeah. was the, whole... the thing was, like, the genuine band. Genuine band. The whole rhyme. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, um... Rebecca Sugar wrote the song, and it's kind of like based off of a falling out that she had with a girl that was she was roommates with. Oh, so yeah, I remember she was talking about it in the commentary because she's like she wanted to be friends with her, but like they were so different, and she's mm. like she was really like neat, like a neat freak, and she yep. was more of a slob. Like Rebecca was more of a slob, and like ah, oh, that's very just, similar like, to them. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, wow. More introverted, kind of. Yeah. yeah. So, and so yeah. it's just like, I'm so, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just your problem. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm your problem. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I related to that so hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was, this is actually the first episode that I ever watched. Oh. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it was the first episode I ever watched because it's what made me, I didn't like start watching the series right away after that. Mm-hmm. But I remembered it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. what, what was that show? Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched it. I was visiting Robin at college, and you yeah. and Jesse put it on. Nice. That makes sense. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then later I was like, what was that show? And then like I looked up the clip of the song, and then I was mm-hmm. like, eh, I'll watch it. And then yeah. The rest is history. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Yeah. Cool. All right. The next one here is called Jake versus Meemaw. Meemaw is this. The world's tiniest cat assassin. <laughs> Meemaw is tasked with assassinating Wildberry Princess, who is another one who's just a raspberry <laughs> yeah, with yeah, a crown on. So yeah. cute. Meemaw has to do that in order to become a true assassin, right? To graduate mm-hmm. at eight. Mm-hmm. Graduate, yeah. Graduate, <laughs> Can't say yeah. graduate. Never says it right. Graduate, yeah. <laughs> to be a real so assassin. Cute. But in order to not be caught, Meemaw goes into Jake's nose. Or something like that. Yeah. It's like yeah. hiding in Jake's nose. You kill the princess for me, or I'll poison you. <laughs> something like that. Yep. So it just drives Jake crazy because yes. he can't say anything and it will get yeah. poisoned, right? Yes. So yeah. he has to act super weird around Finn and Wildberry Princess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know. I was reading an interview with Penn Ward, and somebody had asked. They were reading fan questions, and the question was, "Will you put my character in the show?" And he was like, "Probably not, because I have highly skilled animators, and I <laughs> I just want to put their characters in the show." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he was like, "Except for Meemaw. Yeah. Because I love ah. Meemaw. Yeah. So I thought that to me that sounded like, like that was a fan created character. Yeah. Yeah, could be. That, yeah. That's amazing if it's true. Yeah, because mm. I think he said Meemaw was like the concept of Meemaw came from a kid. 
Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's so the, cool. the tiniest little assassin. Yeah. Who's just way too cute to be so evil. <laughs> I love it because, like, Jake's in, in the beginning, he's just like, I would rather die by poison than have to kill a princess. And he was just like, oh, well, okay. And he, like, looks at the nail. Like, Stab, <laughs> stabs him with it a little. Yeah. Poisons him just a little. Yeah. But eventually, um, mm-hmm. they find out that if Jake just grows, yeah, and the poison his liver will, enough, yeah, yeah. yeah, just grows his liver, he won't be affected by the poison. <laughs> so they beat they beat Meemaw, but mm-hmm. I think Meemaw makes mo- yep. appearances later. Next here we have I remember you, which is another Marceline heavy episode, ah. but mm. but everyone loves Marceline. She's yes. like top tier, yes. right? <laughs> This one is when they start to really show the backstory for the Ice King, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. And this is where they kind of show some of the relationship between Marceline and the Ice King. Because Marceline being a vampire, she's very old. She's like mm-hmm. hundreds or thousands mm-hmm. of years old even. Yeah. And turns out so is the Ice King because the crown has kept him alive. Mm-hmm. And the song they sing is out of notes that Simon wrote before he went crazy and became the oh. Ice King. So she's just taking notes from this journal and she, you know, they sing it together. And Finn and Jake are like, why do you want to hang out with the Ice King? You know, he's a crazy, yeah. you know, idiot yeah. guy who steals princesses. But then they realize that they have, they've had a relationship and they... Mm. They find out that the crown is what has made him insane, but it's also kept him alive the whole mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Duh, you don't remember anything, do you, Simon? What, man? Why do you even come see me when you don't remember me? You don't even know who you are. But Marceline remembers the, all of it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. She yeah. was a kid when Simon found her. Mm-hmm. You know, she still has the stuffed animal that he gave her. Aww. But Ice King... Obviously doesn't remember any of it. Mm-mm. And he's even like, wow, I wrote that? How cool. You know, thinking it's <laughs> song lyrics, right? Yeah. yeah. Because Ice King plays the drums, which mm-hmm. is a random thing that I love very much. <laughs> and something I also want to mention before we get to this last one here is another episode where they show where the magic of the crown came from. Do you remember this one? Mm-hmm. There's a little, there's this wizard who's very Ice Kingy, but he's like buff, right? <laughs> yeah. he's, this, he's the ice wizard who uses the crown Mm-hmm. And he has this little apprentice dinosaur named Gunter, named Gunter who's amazing and just wants to have ice powers, wants to learn to be a wizard too. Yeah. I won't explain the whole episode, but he eventually takes the crown, but he can't handle it. The wizard was warning him, like, you're not yeah. ready for this. Yeah. He can't handle it, loses his mind. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like imprints his craziness into the crown. Which is why Ice King later goes crazy and names all of the penguins a variation of Gunter. Gunter, Gunther, Gunter, like all of them are very close. So the last one here that we're going to talk about is the end of season four, the finale called The Lich. And this is a big turning point for the show. Yeah. Because it really starts to throw in those big story arcs yeah like mm-hmm. the lich is now a thing yes for a while basically bubblegum tells finn about the lich in that he's been sealed away for a very long time mm-hmm. it's like the most evil thing in yeah. who is the yeah. lich they go in to see the lich in the room that he's trapped in with like mm-hmm. special 
mm-hmm. headgear that's like he he won't be able to get into your mind right mm-hmm. because he can still mind control things despite yeah. being frozen in like amber or something like that yeah but the snail comes in with them mm-hmm. and isn't protected because they didn't know he was with them yeah. yeah and he gets possessed and is able to release the lich that way got yeah. it so obviously that creates a problem yeah and now that is like finn's biggest enemy and one of his worst fears his fear of the lich comes back multiple times throughout the show they go you see where prismo is but we don't meet prismo in this episode Mm -hmm. and the lich wishes for like the end of everything right but then trickery finn comes in after that and is like I wish that the lich didn't get his wish. Right, Jake like, wishes that. Or Jake, or Jake, yeah. Yeah. Jake wishes that. Yeah. yeah, because Finn Finn uses his wish and is he's kind of foolish about it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think Finn wishes that the lich never existed. Yes. Yes, yep. correct. And then it creates that alternate world where- mm-hmm. Where the apocalypse bo- never happened. Yeah. 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 So yeah, those were you guys' favorite episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From, from, some of from them. Definitely some early them. in the show. Some there are some ones. great ones later on. So we're working on it. And like, yeah. like Robin said, we may do a, a part two. Yeah, we'll yeah. probably do a part two where we can talk more about the episodes and the lore of the show. The ending mm-hmm. maybe. Focus more on like, yeah, just like the whole lore of the whole thing. And that yeah. way we don't have to just talk about some episodes, you know? Yeah. Yep. All right. So the awards and reception it received. Although on first look, Adventure Time seems to be for children, it has garnered an audience from a wide range of ages. Many teenagers and even adults relate to its offbeat humor and characters. This has caused some of its episodes to obtain over 3 million views. Yeah. It paved the way for Cartoon Network after its failed attempts to compete with live-action shows. So Adventure Time has won several awards, which include eight Primetime Emmy Awards, a Peabody Award, three Annie Awards, two British Academy Children's Awards, two Behind the Voice Actor Awards, a Motion Picture Sound Editors Award, and a Kerrang! Award. And it has also been nominated for many others as well. Insane. That's That's a lot. so many for a cartoon. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of awards. (laughs) The series was so popular that lots of merch has also been made, which includes books, video games, clothing, and more. The original series ended in 2018, but with its popularity still big, HBO brought it back in 2020. Adventure Time Distant Lands has three episodes with a fourth on the way. The 42-minute specials explore new and distant worlds based on the universe that Pendleton Ward created. I think that's super cool. One example of Adventure Time's positive impact is the continued careers and success of its crew. Many of the people that worked in the show went on to produce their own shows, which include Over the Garden Wall, Steven Universe, OKKO, Let's Be Heroes, and City of Ghosts. Adventure Time brought in a new era for cartoons, where artists could come together and create a series without holding back. It has inspired countless shows after it, with its storyline and animation style. Adventure Time demonstrated that independent artists could not only animate, but create interesting and successful stories. Yeah, with post-it notes. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Finn and Jake are so big that they are also now included in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. (laughs) 
That's Yay. that's like you've made it. Yeah. yeah. And they're there every year. The show yep. has been over for years mm-hmm. and right. they're still there mm-hmm. since like 2013. Yeah. It's so. it's an incredible feat. In the late 2000s, Cartoon Network took a big risk and boy did it pay off. In a world already overwhelmed with remakes and revivals, they decided to take a different path, a unique path, a weird path. <laughs> Adventure Time is one of the most important animated shows of the 2010s. It not only gained an unbelievable cult following, it ushered in a new era of animation for Cartoon Network and even some other animation giants. But putting the needs of big studios aside, it is a show that likely inspired other animators, proving that success isn't out of reach, even for the weirdos. Adventure Time is out there. And that's what makes it special. Its humor is offbeat, and not everyone will understand it all of the time. But every moment is understood by someone. So if you're in the mood for an adventure, go check out The Land of Ooh. The fun never ends. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So oh. do you guys have anything else you'd like to add about how you feel about the show? Or? Yeah. I just think it is a an amazing thing. It's a total game changer for Cartoon Network and for cartoons in general. Huge props to Pendleton Ward and all the people Mm -hmm. behind it because without it, we'd be in a very different place. Cartoon Network probably wouldn't be around. We wouldn't have shows like Steven Universe, which is is another one with a huge cult following. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Over the Garden Wall and the one on Disney that I've forgotten the name of. Gravity Falls. Ah, was probably yes. heavily inspired by Adventure Time mm-hmm. as well. So I'm so glad it exists and I love it to death. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get a little sentimental for a second. Yeah. So I started watching the show around a time that I was going through a little bit of a depression. And I'm really thankful that this was introduced to me. And I'm so happy that Pendleton Ward got an opportunity to bring this to mm-hmm. everyone. So yeah. yeah. It's it's incredible and it relates to people on a level that no other show has done because it tackles things like that. Yeah. You know, oh my god. It tackles so many different topics in ways that people understand. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like like the hardships of a romantic relationship. We mentioned that between Bubblegum and and Marceline. So mm-hmm. that's just scratching the surface. Oh yeah. It later goes on. Finn has to deal with the problems of his father, who's like mm-hmm. a space villain pirate mm-hmm. guy. I mean, he's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Saying, I think mm-hmm. you know, there's an episode where he says goodbye to his mom, and he feels like that's he's never probably gonna ever see her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. yeah. You know, just really deep, heavy stuff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. and so people feel really seen and understood with Mm -hmm. shows like this you know yeah i mean just the fact that you know you have the whole you know thing with marceline and bubblegum was a big deal you know Mm -hmm. it was a big deal and then you know one of the first times any relationship like that had ever been in a cartoon yeah yeah Yeah. but then they can also have fun with it like the relationship between jake and lady rainicorn Mm -hmm. is completely like ridiculous (laughs) relationship right right? think about that you know you have a rainbow unicorn and a dog you know? Who speaks Korean? Only. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. yeah, they have babies. I mean, you know, 
But you don't even know. This is the land of ooh. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe their matter. version of it, sex is just looking at each other weird. Right. Like, right. You have no idea. <laughs> it all, it yeah. all makes sense. There, you know, there's so much more that we haven't tackled. Like, there's a whole thing when when Flame Princess is introduced. It takes a you know a whole nother arc with Finn. And, you know, as I mentioned, Finn's father, Prismo, comes back a few times. Jake's children become mm. major characters that yeah. come back. You know, Bimo has to go see where he came from. Mm-hmm. You know, all these different things that keep that come up that explore each character deeper. And yet more and more and more characters keep getting introduced. There's a billion of them. Yeah. Half of them from the Candy Kingdom. And the rest of them, who knows where. Yeah. But they're all great. And the show's one of a kind. So I think that's going to do it, everyone. That's going to be a case closed. So that was a a good one, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. (laughs) But a special thank you to our patrons, Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Linda, Bob, and Carlos. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so very much. And thank you, Becky. Yeah, for coming on the Thanks, show Becky. with us. Thank you. Will I be back for part two? Sure. Job? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Why not? Actually, I think you would be really. It'd be really beneficial to have you back for part two. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, no. by then I finished the show. Yeah. Then yeah. that way you can explain things to us. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. I think that so, would be good. That'll be great. But thank you again for coming on. It's, yeah. It was great having you. Great insight from yes. somebody mm-hmm. who's a big, big fan. Yes. But if you would like to see anything else. By this lovely podcast crew, you can go check out blackcasediaries.com. The blog will be there for this episode and for all of our other episodes. Yeah. Make sure you go check it out and at least watch the video of Bueno the Bear because you need, you need to. <laughs> you need to. So go check that out, blackcasediaries.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. You know the drill. The links are yeah. on the website as well. So that's the, I mean, that's the one, one-stop shop. Just go yeah. there. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. I know exactly where you might be, Jim. I'm about to pounce on you. One, two, three. Ah, man. Thought you'd be behind this rock.